God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. I'm going to be speaking out of Judges 6, verse 11. It is the custom of this house to stand for the reading of the word. So if you're visiting, I would ask that you acknowledge that custom. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And my text begins. It says, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah which belonged to Joash the Abizurite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, If the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all of his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, if now, I have found favor in your sight, then show me. Show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. He says, do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you. Gideon says, I'm gonna come back to you and I'm gonna bring out my offering and I'm gonna set it before you. And he said, the angel of the Lord says to him, I will wait until you come back. My subject is worth the wait. Worth the wait. So spirit of the living God, I don't believe that we are here by coincidence. I don't believe that this was just an idea to get butts in seats. I believe that this is a divine proclamation that has come from heaven that we do not need to wait until the clock strikes 12 for us to start in newness with you, O God, but that you have decided to revive what we have decided to bury. So I wanna prophesy over this room in the name of Jesus that there would be resurrecting power, that marriages would come back to life, that finance, and dreams and purpose would come back to life, that obedience would come back to life, that depression would have to leave this place. I make a demand on the anointing of every person in this room that you must come forth now. In the name of Jesus, now is not the time 
for us to shrink as believers, but that we may take our rightful place. God, I ask that you would breathe in this room and that you would send a word, send a word that changes our mind about what's possible and activates our steps. And as for me, God, your vessel, I just want to be where you are. If we can accomplish that, I believe lives can be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can be seated and get comfortable. I have to tell you, I obviously grew up in this church. And anytime you are a preacher's kid and you've grown up in church, there comes a point in your parents' sermon where you know that last night's trouble is gonna be content for your breakthrough. <laughs> a lot of your miracles you owe to me because wow, the anointing that's on their lives is directly connected to the trouble that I put them through. Come on, somebody. But I do want to take a moment without going through all of the stories that have been shared from this pulpit about my behavior to um, publicly apologize for something that I did as a child that I now understand the gravity of. Um, you see, my parents go all out for Thanksgiving and uh, we enjoy that. Everything but the chitlins. Um, <laughs> been praying that God would break that chitlin stronghold. It won't let them go. No matter how many movies or TV shows the bishop does, he still needs chitlins and coleslaw and hot sauce on Thanksgiving. Wow, it's a whole, wow, it's a whole bunch of y'all in here. Praise the Lord. I need to really pray a little harder then. Okay. But we would go all out for Thanksgiving, and I think that they were under the impression that because we were eating well for Thanksgiving, that that was going to feed us for the remaining four to five days of leftovers. And I cannot tell you, because my father eats Thanksgiving leftovers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and let me tell you, um, we used to go to McDonald's the day after Thanksgiving. And um, that did not go over very well in our household. Um, I mean, coming in smelling like Big Macs and chicken nuggets, and they was... Uh, see, because let me tell y'all something about this chitlin ministry. When y'all warm up Thanksgiving food in the microwave, them chitlins won't let the microwave go. So I can't just put my dressing. For those of you all unfamiliar with chitlins, boy, Google, Urban Dictionary, trust me, it will just tell you everything you need to know. So we used to go to McDonald's. And um, now that I've gotten older, I want to publicly apologize for the disrespect, really. Because now that I'm older, I just can't imagine why I would exchange Big Macs and chicken nuggets when I could have had cornbread dressing and macaroni and cheese and greens. It was a bad decision. And I just want to publicly apologize about where my taste buds were in that season of my life. What I have realized is that as I have grown and had more experiences, that there's nothing like a home-cooked meal. I guess, I guess you can say that the further that I got away from that mindset, my, my taste for things changed. 
my, my taste for things changed. Age and experience separated me from the desires I once had. Now that I'm older, I have to be desperate to eat fast food, but before it was my first choice. Isn't it crazy how the thing that was once our first choice becomes the last thing that we want? Now, now that's a word for somebody. Because when you look back over your life, over the things that you thought you wanted to be your first choice. Now, age and experience has taught you that I can't even afford to have that be my first choice any longer. That I can't have this fast food career when I wanna have legacy and generational blessings. And so God, I'm glad that you changed my taste because you had you not changed my taste, I would still be longing for something that would fill me for a moment, but not sustain me long term. So in my text, I want to tell you about how Israel found themselves in a state where their taste changed. How when they were in Egypt and they needed God to deliver them, they had a taste for God. But when God delivered them, and they were in the promised land. The further they got away from deliverance, the more their taste buds changed. Now they had a taste for success, and now they had a taste for things that were of this world. They weren't desperate anymore. I think sometimes God puts us in a desperate situation so that our taste buds can change again. Because for a minute there, I thought I needed a job, but what I really need is for you to be my provider. And if I'm not in a situation where I get desperate, then my taste buds don't change. So they're separated from the God who helped to deliver them out of the hands of everyone who oppressed them when we find them in this text. And the more distant they've gotten from him, the more they've lost their taste. And when you lose your taste for God, you don't just lose a church experience. When you lose your taste for God, you lose power. When you lose your taste for God, you lose faith, you lose hope, you lose the belief that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's someone in this room that's been struggling. I've been trying to figure out what happened and why I don't feel on fire the way I used to feel on fire. And all that happened is that your taste changed. I, I got the job and I got comfortable and I stopped getting desperate the way I used to be. I'm not in my word the way I used to be. And so God creates these circumstances and these situations so that I can get back to the heart of who I am. I am so that I can get back to the heart of the person who was even worthy of praying and God answering that prayer. Israel is lost their taste for him. But they are in luck because God has chosen one man. God chose one man. We pray for someone else to come into our life to help us change it. But all God needs is one man, one woman, 
one person who doesn't mind, listen, bringing his flavor back to his people. The word taste is defined as to perceive or experience the flavor of something. So if I wanna experience the flavor of God in my circumstance, I have to become an avenue for that flavor to come through. Because if no one in my world and no one in my life is intentional about being that avenue in which God's flavor can come through, then my marriage and my finances and my career will start to be bland when they're supposed to be exciting. Because let me tell you something about walking with God. There is nothing about walking with God that is boring. It is a new adventure every single day. And if you have found yourself stuck, then somewhere along the way you lost the flavor. But I got news for you, Fall Family Festival Revival, that we are about to have someone get salty in this room. And they're not just going to be salty for the sake of getting salty. Somebody's getting salty so that they can bring flavor back to their community, so that they can bring flavor back to their marriages. People are going to be asking you what happened and you're going to say, I'm sorry, I just got salty. I am the salt of the earth and I just decided to walk in the knowledge of who God has called me to be. I got my flavor back. I started getting on fire again. I started casting out demons. I started believing that no weapon formed against me would prosper. I I wish I could apologize, but I'm sorry and not sorry. All at the same time, I'm just salty. That's what's wrong with me. That's what happened. I received a word from God. And that word made me salty. It made me salty. It made me not believe that I just have to live the mundane life. It made me not believe that I was supposed to just go to work and go to sleep and go to work and go to sleep. It made me believe that I could really write the book. It made me believe that I could really start the business. It made me believe that my child would really be saved. I got salty, I messed around and got salty. And the, the only thing about getting salty is that some people, have only gotten used to the bland version of you. They're not used to you speaking up. They're not used to you owning your crown. They're not used to you dreaming outside of where they're comfortable. That wasn't even in my notes, so I guess that's gotta be for somebody that if you are going to get salty and let me tell you this world is going crazy but I know a God who has called us to bring order in the midst of chaos and if you are going to be salty in this earth you are going to have to be willing to stop looking for validation to stop campaigning for your saltiness and to decide that I am who God says I am whether you like it or not I am who God says I am and I need my power back. And I can't have power unless I connect to heaven. And so yes, I'm thirsting for him again. Yes, I'm going to revival at 7.30 on a Sunday night because I need to get my flavor back. I haven't been feeling powerful. I haven't been feeling oily. Woman Evolve is supported by First Republic Bank. Have you ever experienced a relationship with a banker who was available to answer all your questions, even by phone or email? Doesn't exist, you say. It does at First Republic. At First Republic, everyone gets a personal banker who's ready to sit down and answer your questions, no matter how complex. 
And did you know that First Republic's commitment to extraordinary service extends beyond its clients? First Republic is committed to strengthening the communities it serves through meaningful partnerships with innovative nonprofit organizations. To learn more, visit firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I think... God has maybe chosen someone in this room to be the one, the one person, the one person who brings the flavor of God back to their marriage, back to their finances, back to their creativity, back to their parenting. I was trying to read books. I was trying to do it on my own. I never even stopped to ask God, what kind of flavor do you want to throw into this pot? I was trying to mix up my own concoction for success, and I messed around and failed time after time after time. But when I stopped and asked God, what is it that you want to do in my life? What is the flavor that you want to add to my flavor that can change this world? for the better. So God has chosen one man, but this is not any kind of man. This is a a frustrated man. Because we want to believe that in order for God to use us, that we have to have it all pretty and perfect and put together for him. But God uses a frustrated man to be the one who would ultimately bring deliverance. I wanna, I wanna get into this a little bit. Okay, so Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press. I wish, I wish I would have given them a picture of the wine press. But let me explain to you, Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press because the place where he's supposed to thresh wheat, he can't thresh wheat. And he can't thresh that wheat in the place that he's supposed to, which is on a mountaintop, because he's afraid that his enemy is going to see that he has been sustained in the middle of their terror. God help me. God is trying to create a circumstance that would put Gideon in the right place at the right time. But in order for him to do that, he first had to be in position where he had the right thing in the wrong place. I'm dancing because if I get this right, ooh, okay. His enemies put him in a position where he had the right desire, but he had it in the wrong place. God help me. So Gideon has to find a way to function around his enemies. I gotta find a way to function around my enemy because right now I can't confront them. But just because I can't confront them doesn't mean that I'm gonna stop being provided for. 
So I got the right thing in the wrong place, but that's the only way I could get to it. God help me. Whenever you find a way to function around your enemy, instead of confronting your enemy, you will always find yourself in a position where you have the right thing in the wrong place. I guess the only way I could really explain this is say, like instead of confronting the fact that you have disappointment, you just learn to live around it. Instead of confronting the fact that the marriage is in trouble, you just learn how to live around one another. I got the right thing, but that right thing is not in the right place. And so when Gideon has this confrontation with the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord recognizes that he's going to use even the fact that he is in the wrong place for his ultimate benefit and glory. You'll get a drink instead of having conversations. When you have the right thing in the wrong place, this is it. You'll abuse what is around because you have a fear that what you have can be taken away again. The wine press isn't supposed to be used for threshing wheat. So the fact that he used what was around was actually a violation, though it was productive for what he wanted. It was a violation of the wine press to be used for that. But his fear that it could be taken away made him abuse what was around. You see, when you have an enemy that you're trying to avoid, you can't just go at it head on. Because the fear is that you might lose at a time that you can't afford another loss. And the problem with that as believers is that we begin to live a life that is dictated by our enemies and not by God the deliverer. I have more faith that my enemy will take it than I do that God will take my enemy. So I've learned to function around my enemy instead of calling out for God. I came to break something in this room. I'm gonna need you to turn me up in the microphone because if just 10 people get it, that's all that it's gonna take because I'm tired of functioning around an enemy and living my life dictated by what the enemy says I can do and what the enemy says I can be and what the enemy says is gonna happen to my children and I have decided on a Sunday night in Dallas, Texas to serve notice on the enemy. that this relationship we had is over, that I'm tired of being depressed, that I'm tired of feeling like I'm gonna lose my mind. I just came to let hell know that we are breaking up because I'm tired of learning to live around you. You are gonna have to learn to live around me. You are gonna have to learn to deal with who God says I am.
I came to break something in the spirit realm. I'm tired of living around you. I'm tired of feeling like I'm gonna lose every second. I'm tired of feeling like at any minute I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I'm tired of living like, I don't know if you staying or if you leaving. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I cried my last tear. I had my last phase of depression. You are gonna have to start operating. You're gonna have to start working around me. Cause every time you close the door, my guy's gonna open a window. You're gonna have to start operating around me. Cause every time you take something from me, my worship gets a little bit stronger. You're gonna have to start working around me. Yeah. You see that? You see that? You see that? And I'm still gonna preach. Cause you gonna have to start working around me. Somebody's getting ready to get their fight back. Somebody came to revival. Somebody's about to start going to war with hell. Somebody has decided. that my story is not going to end where you left my ancestors. Because that same glory that delivered Israel from Egypt, that same glory that brought them into the promised land was about to touch Gideon so that it could touch the potter's house Dallas. This summer, I took an extended break from working, and in my time away, I was able to make even more space for my mental wellness. Whether you're a working mom, stay-at-home mom, or a stay-at-home and work mom, sis, your mental wellness is valuable. And that is why this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. You know you've already been thinking about it. Now is the time to take that step to make some time for you. Having a therapist has helped me pace myself, remind me of my growth, and also holds me accountable to my mental wellness goals. BetterHelp is just as convenient and affordable as it is necessary. Problems can come from every part of our life, and it's vital that we have the appropriate tools we need to tackle them, and BetterHelp can assist you with that. For me, instead of solely focusing on the problem in front of me, therapy has shifted my perspective into having healthy solutions and improved my communication skills. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash evolve today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash evolve. I just want to know if I'm in the right room. If somebody has decided that I'm gonna stop hiding. See, the thing is that God was still providing for Gideon, even though he had this fear that the enemy would take it away. God was still providing. He just had to find a way 
to work with the limited supply that God was supplying in that moment. You see, everybody wants the blessing that makes your enemies your footstools. But very few people want the blessing that is undercover for a little while so that it can be properly curated and properly tested so that it can withstand the exposure that comes when your enemies find out that all this time I've been blessed and you thought you could stop me but you wasn't really stopping nothing. All this time I've been blessed. All this time I've been blessed. Yes, I've been crying. Yes, I've been struggling. But I've been saving some money. And I've been reading a few books. And I've been going to revival. And I've been getting into my word. And all of a sudden, I didn't have to put wheat in a wine press anymore because God was calling me to own the land. It was levels. I went from weed in a wine press, trying to work with what God had given me to work with, even though I didn't feel like God was working with me. But I was still working what he gave me. <laughs> I, still, I still been working. I didn't have a husband to help raise the kids, but I still been working what he gave me. I hear God saying, if you would work what I gave you, then I could give you what you're praying for. But the only way you go from what you have to what you're praying for is if you work what I've given you right now. If you would be faithful, isn't that what the word says? Come on, Potter's house. If you would just be faithful over a few things. All right. So back to my text. When the angel of the Lord says to Gideon that the Lord is with him, it, it frustrates him. Um, the angel of the Lord says to Gideon, you mighty man of valor. At a time when Gideon didn't feel like a mighty man of valor. So sometimes the word comes to you so that it can level you up to where you're supposed to be. If you take the word now and compare it to where you are now, you'll see that there's a deficit. But if you recognize that that word was not meant to make you feel like you had a deficit, but to really tell you what God had placed in you that is supposed to come out of you, then you would recognize that that word is speaking up to you. God doesn't send you a word to torment you. God doesn't send you a word to make you jealous. God sends you a word to water what's down on the inside of you. So God, if you're saying this to me, then there's something down on the inside of me that you see that I don't see. And so my question becomes, God, how do I bring it out? Because right now, I don't feel like a mighty woman. Right now, I don't feel mighty. Right now, I feel like this year tried to take me out. Right now, I feel like I'm about to lose my mind. Right now, I'm, I'm threshing wheat in a wine press 
because I'm too afraid that the enemy will come and take the little bit of joy that I have. I can't even dive into my relationships fully because I'm afraid that the enemy will come and snatch someone out of my life. And so I'm living this guarded life and you're telling me that I'm mighty and you're telling me that I'm powerful and you're telling me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and I just want to know how you see that. I just want to know how you see that. After everything I've done, and after everything I've been through, that you would call me mighty. I don't even have faith in the God who was calling me mighty, and yet he's calling me mighty anyway. I don't even have faith for this miracle, but someone is telling me I have access to it anyway. There's something in me that's going to war with the word that God is speaking over me. We cannot have full revival until we clear out the tomb we had to roll the stone away before Jesus could be resurrected. And I think that there are some stones in your heart, in your life, in your past, in your mistakes and your shame, that there's some stones that need to be rolled away before you can walk in the fullness of what revival is. But we cannot roll a stone away that you do not identify that is there. Gideon is honest with the angel of the Lord. He's honest. Can we have a real talk in this room? He's, he's honest. He says, oh, my Lord, is the, if the Lord is with us, why then? Why? Why has all of this happened to us? You're calling me a mighty man of valor and saying that God is with me, and I'm telling you that there is no way that God is with me the way that you think God is with me. So I've been struggling and everyone I thought I could count on walked away. And every job that I thought I would have forever got stripped away. And every plan that I had has been torn to nothing. And yet you tell me that the same God that my grandmother knew and the same God that my great-grandfather knew is with me and I don't see him anywhere. This is a, a frustrated Gideon. But this is an intentional God. And when an intentional God meets a frustrated Gideon, he says, I'm not mad that you're frustrated. I'm not mad that you're passionate. You just got it pointed in the wrong direction. And if you could ever learn to take that might and that anger and that frustration and point it in the direction of your enemies, you would see that the only thing that you needed all along was to believe on a different level. Okay. <laughs> he says that nothing has made you more passionate than the pain that you've gone through. I feel that prophetically for somebody. This is a little off, off my script. That your pain burns so deeply down on the inside of you 
because you have been called to be the solution to someone else's pain. And whoever you are, it happened years ago. And something in you says, I should be over it by now. And I hear God saying that you will not be over it until you learn how to use it to step over what you feel right now. That when you recognize that the stones that were thrown at you were really thrown at you so that I could build a monument of my glory, then you will stop mourning what you thought you lost and start saving everything connected to you. I feel like revival is about to break out to everything connected to you, and it will be because you are the one who did not get numb to the pain, but you let that pain turn into passion. And when it turned into passion, that is when hell got nervous. That is when the enemy got upset because I thought that the weapon was about to prosper, but they found a way to take that frustration and turn it into glory. And anytime you can take frustration and turn it into glory, though he slays you, you can still trust in him. Because I recognize everything I'm going through right now is just training me for the next level. Because I recognize that everything that is keeping me down right now it's really just preparing me. It's preparing me for next. So in order for Gideon to step into this call of being a mighty man of valor, the angel of the Lord has to expose that he has doubt. And in our text, his doubt is evident. And yet still the angel of the Lord says, that he has been sent. And so Gideon feels it necessary for some reason to make a proposition. He says, God, I think this is you talking to me. God, I, I'm not sure that it's you, but I know there's one way for me to determine if it's you or not. And that is for me to go back and get this offering. And what you do with the offering will help me determine if that's you or not. I think Hebrews 12 and 1 would say it like this. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So the angel of the Lord sets a race before Gideon. But before Gideon can run that race, he makes an offering. Because there's something in him giving the offering that is going to prepare him to run the race with endurance. I hear God saying that you cannot run the race that God has given you to run and keep that bitterness in your heart. I hear God saying that you're gonna have to make an offering for revival to really work. The kind of offering that exposes that you have a problem that you've learned to live with, but that you know is not prospering you. The kind of offering that has made you change your mind about your future and your potential and what God has for you. The kind of offering that says, God, I'm going to lay down my doubt. 
I'm going to lay down my discouragement. I'm going to lay down my fears. I'm going to lay down my anxiety. I'm going to lay down the mistakes that I made in my past. I'm going to lay it down. And God, what you do with it is going to be a sign to me that it was you talking to me all along. I didn't even think that I could have a ministry. I didn't even think that I could preach, but I knew that I had something to lay down. And when I laid it down, I became someone I never thought I could be. But I became who God knew I always was. But as long as what I was holding on to was in conflict with who God was calling me to be, I could never blossom the way God called me to. So I had to be willing to lay some things down. Come on, revival. You want revival? You know what I learned? You can't have revival without repentance. And I just came here because repentance literally means to change your mind. And if you can change your mind and come into alignment with who God has called you to be and what God has said about you, then you can discover who God has called you to be. You're looking for purpose. God is looking for an offering. I'm looking for you to tell me you have depression. I'm looking for you to tell me that you've got an alcohol problem. I'm looking for you to tell me that you've got unforgiveness. I'm looking for an offering. Is there anybody in this room who recognizes that I've been hanging on to something for way too long? You walked away from me and it broke me in ways that I never wanted to discuss, but I'm ready to move on and I cannot move on until I lay something down. Making breakfast before school, having a healthy pre-dinner snack ready after school, and dinner ready before anyone becomes hangry has become the story of my life. Thanks to HelloFresh, I end up spending less time in the kitchen than you'd think, and my family doesn't have to settle on eating processed food for convenience. I'd say that's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Add the delicious convenience of HelloFresh into your kitchen. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WomanEvolve65 and use code WomanEvolve65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Allow HelloFresh to fit perfectly into your ever-changing schedule this fall and save time. HelloFresh's quick and easy meals like their 20-minute recipes or low prep and easy cleanup options mean you'll spend less time in the kitchen and more time with your loved ones. The convenience continues with the flexibility of their plans, the ability to update your preferences or change your delivery all in the HelloFresh app. Sis, HelloFresh is top tier when it comes to time-saving meal plans with fresh and savory ingredients. Take my word for it, but also try it for yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WomanEvolve65 and use code WomanEvolve65 for 65% off plus free shipping. And the angel of the Lord says to Gideon, I want to get it right. I want to say it exactly how he said it. The angel of the Lord says to Gideon, I will wait until you come back. The angel of the Lord had things to do. I know this. He didn't have time to be sitting around. But there was something in Gideon that was worth God sending the angel of the Lord to wait for him. There's something 
down on the inside of you that was worth God sending me from Los Angeles, California to tell you that God has been waiting long enough. You are worth the wait. But it's time for you to take that offering, for you to take your dream, for you to take your idea of what your life has to look like and lay it down on the altar so that I can give you what I have for you. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you to come back. And I don't mean I've been waiting for you to come to church, but sometimes I mean that too. But I hear God saying, I've been waiting for you to come back. To come back with something that was worth me waiting for you. To not come back with this cute little church praise and these church colloquialisms, but to come back with something that reveals to me that you recognize the weight that I want to put on you. Because if you can recognize the weight that I want to put on you, then you will see why you are still in this world because you were worth it to God. You were worth it. You should be dead somewhere out of your mind. You should be locked up somewhere in somebody's cell. But you, baby, are worth the weight. You, baby, are worth the weight. You should have lost it all, but you're worth the wait. I should have been broken and miserable, but God said I was worth the wait. I should be on my sixth marriage and strung out on a drug somewhere, but God said I was worth the wait. And when I gave him an offering that said, God, I'm broken and confused and lost and disappointed, but I want to know what you see in me. I'm bitter. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I've got to be honest with you. God, I'm going to give you something that you can really work with. I'm tired of lifting my hands but not really worshiping from my heart. But God, you've been waiting time after time after time. You have waited for me. And I feel like the wait is over. I feel like revival, revival, I looked up the, the root of that word, it means to return to a state of consciousness. I want to return to a state of consciousness that I had before pain ever said my name that I had before anybody ever walked away. I want to return to a state of consciousness that really believed that miracles were possible. I want to return to a state of consciousness that believed that healing was accessible to me. I want to return to a state of consciousness that made me believe I wasn't going to be just like my mama and I wasn't going to be just like my daddy. I used to believe in the God of Israel who delivered them from Egypt. And lately I've been thinking that maybe that's just who he used to be and not who he could be right now. And I hear God saying that I can do it right now. I can deliver you right now. I feel the presence of God in this place. I can deliver you right now. 
I can deliver you from mental bondage. I can deliver you from depression. I can give you the strength and the power that you need to go back into this world and not be afraid to stop shrinking because you're afraid of the enemy, but to stand bold as a lion and declare that I am the work of the Lord. I can do it for you right now, but you are gonna have to bring me an offering that is worthy of the glory that I wanna put on your life. If I just had one or two crazy people who didn't mind meeting me at this altar, who said, I'm bringing my depression when I come with me. I'm bringing my anxiety when I come with me. God, I got something that only you can do something with. God, I gotta get back down on my knees again because I'm tired of living like I've been living. I'm tired of thinking how I've been thinking. And I'm tired of you waiting for me to come to a place where I can actually believe the words that you've been saying about me. God, you've been waiting. God, you've been waiting. You sent me word after word this year. You've been waiting on me. You've been waiting on me. You believe in me. There's something down on the inside of me that only you can see. And I'm tired. I'm tired of crying at night. I'm tired of being tormented by the enemy. I'm tired of feeling my mind going crazy. I'm tired. I'm tired of you waiting when I know exactly what's wrong. God, I want to offer you I want to offer you something. The beautiful thing about Gideon bringing an offering is that he brought an offering to God that only God knew what it cost him. God could qualify whether or not the offering was really an offering because he recognized what it cost him. Some of you are at this altar, and it's a relationship that you're offering. Some of you are at this altar, and it's a mindset that you're offering. It's an addiction. It's a generational curse. It's something that you know is hurting you. But for some reason, you just can't let it go. And there comes a point in revival when the preacher has said everything that they can say, and it is on you and out of your mouth where you must confront your frustrations so that God can reveal his glory in your life. I didn't just come so that we could have church. I came so that we could have revival when we leave this place. Because if we have revival when we leave this place, then our children's children might be saved. If we can have revival when we leave this place, then the bank will have to say yes, and they've been saying no all along. If we can have revival when we leave this place, then the business plan can come to fruition. If we can have revival, then our joy may come back, then our power may come back, then we may not need anyone to lay hands on us because we can lay hands on ourselves because I got revival. I got my taste back for God, I got my... I got my flavor. I just cannot, 
for a minute, can I just hear the sound of worship? I just want to hear the sound of offering. I wonder if hell can hear you. I wonder if your fear can hear you. I wonder if your insecurity can hear you. I wonder if you're really giving it up. God, take this thing from me that's trying to take me from you. God, I surrender. I've been on the run long enough. You've been waiting on me long enough. God, I repent. I changed my mind, God. I changed my mind about who you said I could be. I changed my mind about what you said was possible for me. God, I changed. God, we need your glory. God, bring it all to the surface. God, it's decades old. Bring it all to the surface. God, I should be over right now. Bring it all to the surface. I feel the presence of God. Because when I bring this thing to the surface, I don't ever want to see it again. God, bring everything up, every word spoken over me as a child. Bring it to the surface. Every rape, every abortion, every molestation, every false doctrine that I saw to God, bring it all to the surface. God, bring it all to the surface. I'm tired of pretending like it's not there. Shame, fear, mistakes. I'm calling out spirits that's gotta break off of you. I speak the blood of Jesus over this place. The blood of Jesus that has been destroying yokes for thousands of generations. I speak the blood of Jesus over this place. The blood of Jesus over every memory that haunts you. The blood of Jesus over every chain that has stopped you. The blood of Jesus over every door that was closed in your face. The blood of Jesus over every relationship that didn't work out the way it was supposed to the blood of Jesus over every disappointment it's a powerful name it's a wonderful name his name is victory his name is healer his name is excellent. His name makes all things work together. His name lets the Spirit of God overflow into your parents who weren't even saved. His name causes your children to be saved. It is His name that will allow a revival to take place in your marriage. It is His name that will cause the job to fire you so you can start a business. It is His name. The name of Jesus fills the gap. The name of Jesus fills the gap. Where I fell short, Jesus picked me up. It was the name of Jesus that said I could still get up again. It was the name of Jesus that wiped tears off of my face.
Have your way in this place, God. Have your way in this place, oh God. Let every tear come out. Let every fear come out. Let everything that is in us that shouldn't be in us come out because we're getting ready to run our race. All week long, you're gonna give us a game plan. All week long, you're gonna tell us who we are. All week long, you're gonna remind us that if we look to Jesus, that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. After living in California for almost a decade, my family and I are in need of winter jackets now that we live in Dallas. I'd been lurking online to find the perfect one to give my daughter. I believe I hit the jackpot because style is so important to her, but practicality is what matters the most to me. Lululemon's Wonder Puff Jacket takes care of it all. It's easy on the eyes, water repellent, and windproof. And it's insulated to perfection. I love that she's not going to complain about it being too bulky. And it will provide the warmth that I know she's going to need as the temperatures in Dallas begin to drop. Don't sleep on Lululemon and the variety of items that they offer. This holiday season set joy in motion with the best gifts at lululemon.com. Put cheer into gear by shopping the best gifts at lululemon.com. Somebody's waiting for the next point. You are the next point. Yeah. Break by brick by brick 
by brick by brick, tear down every wall, tear down every wall, tear down my pride, tear it down, tear down my pride, tear it down, tear down my pride, tear it down,
shout of victory coming in this house I feel the shout of victory I feel the shout the shout the shout I feel the shout the shout the shout yeah 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 I dare you to shout like you got the victory I dare you to shout like you're back home I dare you
Bible study back. Got my anointing back. Got my calling back. Yeah. Give him three minutes of crazy Holy Ghost supernatural praise. You would step on the devil. 